Welcome to the Sovereign Medicine Podcast. Our mission is to guide you back to your true nature. From here, you can lovingly create a life of joy, purpose, fulfillment, and abundance with ease, grace, and flow. Together with our guests, we will cross the threshold of the logical mind, diving deep into the innate intelligence that resides in each and every cell of our body. As you journey with us, you will discover the tools within and around you to tap back into your true nature and to discover who and what you truly are. Happy holidays, my friends. The silly season is well and truly upon us. And here in the Southern Hemisphere, we are deep into summer. Things are ramping up and we are approaching the height of the light, the summer solstice. And this year on December 21, um, I believe at 9.12 in Sydney time, there'll be a very special alignment between Jupiter and Saturn and that is heralding the dawning of a new age. So we send our intentions to Uluru at this time as there'll be a powerful activation going on out there. Um, I'll be taking some time over the the break to connect um, with the indigenous people of the, the land um, in you know some of the areas around where I live in the Blue Mountains, um, around Darug and Gunungurra country here. Though this podcast may come out on the solstice or maybe after Christmas or around New Year, wherever we are, I think it is really important at some point during this little period to pause and reflect on the powerful and transformative and epically challenging year that we faced in 2020 and for a change we're all on the same page with that whether you um really did it tough or whether you found your rhythm found your stride and stepped into your greatness in this um this epic year and as it is the middle of summer here there's plenty of energy available for new growth, new projects, expansion, um, and really um, taking uh, the reins of your health in the new year. Now, I know that in our, in our culture, we like to take that break at Christmas time, have a feast, have some booze, connect with friends and family, and um, I'm all for that, yeah. Um, however, this is not the middle of winter like it is in the northern hemisphere where it's time to turn everyone where it's time to really hibernate where you can know you can can put on the extra kilos um it's actually the perfect time to turn our energy towards our passions and really enjoy the fruits of summer so that said i'll be taking a couple weeks off to connect with family, connect with old friends, get on the road a little bit, get plenty of sun hopefully. It's been raining uh, pretty heavily for the last week here um, all down the east coast of Australia. Um, and then I'm excited to, to get on with things in the new year, to get my health practices, my yoga, my um, swimming in you know natural bodies of water, whether it's a beach trip, a waterfall, shower, the lake, um, 
rock climbing and gentle cleansing practices and of course I'm so grateful that I'll be able to eat everything uh, on the table uh, this Christmas everything that I'm, I, I'm attracted to because I've resolved gluten intolerance a year ago even six months ago that wasn't an option so I'm really excited to help others to help you if you can't eat gluten um, let's reverse that if you've got a gut problem yo let's solve it so while healing the gut with helmets my three-month journey offering is um, designed to resolve gluten intolerance it can be for you know any any gut problem with this IBS IBD and Crohn's or perhaps you've had one of those never well since getting that bug in India or Bali or whatever um, so it's time to get on top of that because if you don't it leads to a cascade of illness basically and there's also obvious implications for energy levels for mental health if you're having bouts of anxiety depression um, we can transform that into stability contentment joy connection and enthusiasm um, through this work now in the forthcoming episode i interview natalie paul and natalie is an ecstatic dance facilitator and a mindset coach for health and healing now we did intend to present natalie's 10 principles for healing for creative manifestation however the conversation took another turn as i found there was a lot of gold to bring forth from her personal story as there almost always is natalie takes us through her personal journey which begins with manifestation of a physical illness and that led her to discover the mindset tools that she needed to navigate that in her sovereignty as she was not really getting any guidance from the medical establishment nothing helpful at that time beyond a diagnosis and some pills to take forever so in that natalie managed to discover the medicine that she needed time and again just like i did in, in my healing journey and you know found the right food the right herbs but began to um to notice that there's still these waves, these ups and downs, these relapses in her health. And it was only when, as she said, she made pain her partner, when she became really curious about the internal world, about her emotions, that things really started to shift for her and she began to experience these unheard of levels of energy that were beyond anything she'd experienced even before she got sick. So with this, she was able to reverse her autoimmune disease and then she was inspired to begin dancing just on her own and eventually she had the vision and called it in and it led to her community developing around her. Um, and that community you can connect on Facebook is called Marubra Dance. That is a... Um, one of Natalie's groups that you can join and um, you may already have come across Natalie in, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney on, on a Thursday morning or some other time um, but she would really love you to know that she's also facilitating indoor dance events 
which is um, another beautiful and different dynamic to dancing outdoors. So um, to keep your finger on the pulse around her, her indoor events, you can um, check out the Facebook page Ecstatic Evolution. Natalie's also available for one-on-one work and if anything, if you feel a resonance with her in this episode, I encourage you to reach out um, on Facebook via one of her groups or just directly Natalie Paul, get in touch. And now, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can send me a message, dan at sovereignmedicine.com. Um, do check out our website. It should be going live by the time this episode is out. We'll have some yeah, exciting things to, to have a, a little gander at uh, on sovereignmedicine.com. And I would love you to... Uh, whatever platform you're uh, listening to this on, leave a review if it's an option. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, that will help us to get this um, this show across to to more people and uh, uh, connect with them with their medicine. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, welcome friends to the Sovereign Medicine Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce you today to a good friend of mine, Natalie Paul. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're most welcome. Now, I've known Natalie for a few years through spiritual community in Sydney, through healing, a healing uh, modality that we both both trained in called unconditional love healing. And when I met met Natalie, she um, well, I guess we're both on on a personal journey of um, kind of kind of putting together all the the pieces, the aspects of of health and healing, um, you know, into something integrative, something holistic. Um, that is, you know, not, not just compartmentalizing, um, you know, into physical health and sort of dogmatic, you know, diets. I mean, we're, I'm sure we've, we've both tried some of those, um, you know, and not only, you know, the, the spiritual work, the practice, the emotional, um, challenge, um, but, but really, Bring together, you know, physical, the mindset required for healing, um, navigating those, um, yeah, those colourful emotional challenges. And um, really when, when I saw it really come together for Natalie, it's when um, she started dancing. And I remember, Natalie, you were, you to begin with, you were dancing on your own every, was it every morning or what, once a week on the, the rocks in Maroubra? in the eastern suburbs of Sydney on the beach. Oh, when I started to dance, then I, I had to dance every day and at any time. Uh-huh. I like dancing. Yeah. There's no particular time. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and what was your life like before dancing? <laughs> uh, I would say I had the belief that I was not allowed to dance. 
So before I started to dance, I thought I had no expressive skill, no no capacity to be artistic. So I really thought that being an artist was far away from me. Like it was definitely not something I, I would have thought before. Right, yeah. I love how that, that can sort of, it's a crucial piece, hey, and it's not something that we've um, we've actually talked about in the, the lead up to this, but just um, like stepping into an artistic lifestyle and often, um, you know, when we think about art, we might think about painting and drawing and maybe yeah. music, um, but really it is... Um, it is, it is your life expression, isn't it? It's the, the, the artful way of, of putting together a, a, a rich and beautiful life. Mm. Mm. Can I say something? Yeah. so interesting because as I'm sharing right now, I actually was a pianist when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, when I think about it, I was playing in a way that was like very like automatic. Well, actually, music is art. Yeah. I was really into this mindset that I had to be perfect. Uh huh. Yeah. Playing the piano um, without identifying myself as an. So it's really interesting to see that I actually was playing and using my heart, but in a kind of unconscious way. Okay. So are you saying that you were you were connecting with the music and it was flowing, but you had this concept that it wasn't it wasn't right or it wasn't good enough because it wasn't sort of technically um, perfect or it wasn't the way that you were taught. Yeah. And you're just seeing the thread there that you actually had that intuition, had that creative spirit, um, had that it's improvisation skills, which, um, uh, you know, it kind of in, in a way it can't be taught. Um, you know, identifying that you, you had that early on. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I was playing, but I was definitely not, uh, improvising anything. I was using beautiful pieces and rehearsing, rehearsing them. So it's almost like I was stealing someone else's work and just repeating it. And I was putting myself in that, um, you know, putting myself a lot of pressure. I was I have to do this perfectly. Mm. Right now I realize while I actually had this opportunity to be an artist, but I, I was seeing it as um, a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It is. Um, it does. It can take, um, you know, if, if we haven't had that, um, that journey that had like a natural journey when these wounds come up and we shut down our creativity. Um, yeah, it can take some, sometimes uh, there's a process in, in coming back to just being able to enjoy your art, enjoy the movement of your body, you know, coming back to dance just for the sake of it and not, not for, yeah. You know, perfecting, performing, mastering. That's something, yeah, uh, if we bring that 
back to I can talk about that with music, with art, and, yeah, with dance as well. That is something that I love now. It is um, natural. It is just how, how I like to express myself, connect with others. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot that, that comes up about that. It's often, you know, things that can move through stuck energy and stuck emotion when when I'm on the dance floor um but yeah for for a long time there was like this awkwardness this rigidity um yeah and this kind of shame about my my expression and I yeah have a memory from childhood about what that was about um and how I, I shut that down for a long time so and I guess that just kind of is leading me on a little bit of a thread into into physical health as well because I know that um yeah I look at photos from like uh, like early twenties and uh, my body's is like this rigidity there which has you know begun to flow and change in my thirties when I started to you know connect with and open unlock those um you know, those, those pathways of, of expression that, that really needed to happen. Um, so that, that might be a good sort of segue into, you know, coming back to your, start with your, your physical health challenge that started you on this journey. But I'll just, for the listeners, um, sort of explain where we're going with all of this. So, so Natalie, um, has, uh, you know, you'll explain this in a sec and, uh, you know, a, a lot better than I can in this moment. Um, but yeah, it started with a, a physical health challenge, a gut challenge, um, which is something I'm super interested in because, uh, the main offering I have in my work at the moment is a, a gut healing program. So keen to hear the, um, nuances that, that Natalie brings to, um, to, to that work. Um, as she, yeah, she's someone who can, who helps people with health and healing. Um, and particularly today, she's going to share their mindset that's required not only for healing, but it can also, she'll share 10 principles and maybe dive into a couple of them that can help you to create your life. So it's manifestation, which means what we're talking about, um, just a moment ago about like artfully creating, uh, an enriching, enjoyable life that is a, a true expression of of your soul. So, yeah, Natalie, would you like to take us on the journey, take us back to, was it 2011? When I, when I felt this excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Actually, since the age of seven years old, I always had some very bizarre health issues. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, always had something, you know, once a year I had a problem, but it seemed to resolve. And so then I was moving on to the next thing, you know, going through life. Um, but yeah, there was always something weird with me. And my, my father is a general practitioner. So it was actually hard for him to see me suffering, you know, once a year and not being able to pinpoint what it was. Mm. So until I reached actually the age of, it was uh, when I was 29, so 2009, um, things uh, became much worse at a physical level. Um, I was, so 
you know, I was looking strong, looking fit. Yeah. Inside, something started to build up and to the point that I felt a lot of fatigue and pain. And suddenly I found myself unable to work, unable to talk, to laugh, to my eyes were extremely painful. So my mm. autoimmune diseases started in my eyes. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it took a while to get a diagnosis. Right. Yeah, a long time. And just at this moment when I was suffering and I didn't know what was going on, that was the time that I had decided with my ex-husband to uh, change life. And mm. so came to Australia in that state of, with a state of illness. Okay. The journey of, you know, the illness, um, coming back to health. Yeah. Started 2009 and in 2014, massive shift. And so my life changed. And since 2014, um, I feel like a different person. I'm, I have, I am symptom free and something massive has changed. It's in my mindset. Okay. Amazing. And that's, it's so beautiful how it seems to be quite a, a common step in the journey or there's, there's something that disrupts, uh, someone's lifestyle mm. at some point. And it's a, you know, it's a challenge. Often it can be like that physical illness. And you mentioned, yeah, like your, your father working in the, the medical establishment, uh, having that frustration earlier on that, that he wasn't able to, um, you know, connect with the, the solution for, for what you were dealing with. Um, and then ultimately that, that, um, that health challenge called you into really, well, you, you changed your life. You, re, you, you moved, um, you moved overseas. You said it was your, your ex husband. So, um, that, that relationship shifted and you're, yeah, you're um, imagining your, your identity, like who you knew yourself to be. Um, completely transformed over that time. So, yeah, I just, um, I know that for anyone listening, um, if you got a, got a health problem, uh, it can become a, well, I like to turn problems into projects. It can open you up to, to something deeper, but it does take a, um, take courage to choose to walk your own path. Yeah. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Well, it's um, it's the hardest thing ever because, um, you know, I had a lot of money. I was strong. I had some sort of, you know, a perfect lifestyle. I was married. I, I had everything. I could dream about everything. I had everything. So when my health fell apart, um, then I realized, well, without my health, I am nothing. Um, and so it took me a long time to, and it's, it's actually one of the principles of, of healing that, you know, I discovered oh. a long time to accept 
And I think that's it's really, really hard to accept something that you have never wanted. So I would say from the moment I accepted my situation, then I could create something else from scratch. Sure. And your situation, I know um, yeah, it was Crohn's amongst yeah. other things. Were there other sort of, did um, you have diagnoses or? So it started with a very severe eye disease. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, I was diagnosed with, it's called a posterior scleritis. Okay. And I was becoming blind. And wow. Pain. It's like having a stabbing behind the eyes and it's ho just horrible. Yeah. I started with that and then my body was really, really weak. And it's actually after one year of being with that sickness in my eyes that I started to have symptoms in my tummy, in my gut. Okay, yeah. So it took a while for my doctors to... I was... I felt like I was not heard. Uh, I kept telling yeah. Not digesting my food, I have so much pain, and they were telling me, "Yes, that's the side effects of your medication, you know, for the eyes." Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and the doctor said, "Look, we're going to do some testing about maybe you have an IBD," and I never thought about that. But IBD was it the yeah. inflammatory bowel disorder? Yeah. Intestinal bowel disease. Disease. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yep. Yep. So, which is an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The gut, so it means your immune system is actually working too hard to the point that it's yes. attacking you instead of just balancing and attacking, you know, other things external and keep you in balance. Um, yeah. so I was diagnosed in 2012 and it was, it was a, a shock because I went to do this, um, you know, colonoscopy, gastroscopy and the doctor, the, uh, the gastroenterologist just said, Okay, um, so you have Crohn's disease. You're going to have to take this drug. Bye. Okay. Um, yeah, I was in a shock, like everybody, everyone would be, I think. Yeah. Actually, like in my family, no one has ever had any sort of, this sort of disease before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I got that diagnosis. And later on, I developed other things in my body, uh, chronic mm. Um, I some bar virus that was detected in my body as well. I was suffering with um, yeah, back pain, and so I was diagnosed with um, spondylitis as well. So basically, I was feeling pain in my back, in my jaw, um, in my gut, in my eyes, and my whole system was really tired, and I could feel pain on my skin as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really, like, noteworthy point in that you had this awareness. You didn't know much about health at the time, I'm guessing. Um, is that right? Or you, you had a bit of your interest? The thing is, I I was a, a nerd about health. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were already a nerd at that stage about health. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, and also just knowing your body, yeah, yeah. Um, is that you're in a better position to to explain? This is what is going on, you know, for me. Um, but mm -hmm. often people, maybe if they don't have that 
that passion. They haven't, you know, become a nerd or even really known that they can listen to, to what's going on in their body and then piece things together. Um, often, you know, when we see medical professionals, they're just focusing on one, one thing and they, they miss, they're just focusing on your eyes and they've missed that. And it's an immune, you know, immune, immune system issue which interfaces with the gut and you know in the the tool that i've found with the home with worms it regulates the the immune system so that um it's not you know attacking your body or it's not reacting to food um so it's wonderful for for crohn's and that's how i'd sort of target um you know gluten intolerance but really uh, inflammatory um the ibd ibs uh, and also, you know, mental issues that come out of having a an unhealthy gut can be resolved when you you get that gut biome back into into balance. But I'm really curious because I know that you've you've come a long way. You're fit, healthy, moving, joyful, ecstatic. You um you yeah as an ecstatic dance facilitator these days, an amazing uh, DJ. <laughs> um yeah well uh, let, let's jump into to the approach that you took to healing once you um took matters into your own hands because it sounds like you weren't getting a lot of um a lot of support just a prescription and mm. so, yeah deal with it yeah definitely i want to answer your question i just yeah. i'm very very curious about the worms because mm. i'm not using them so would love to hear um, at some point yeah i mean um i would love to talk for the next hour about worms <laughs> but but we're here to hear about you but yeah um to to put it simply and i'll tune in with you later and anyone else is free to reach out send me an email i'll put some links in the, the show notes and talk about it at the end um but basically what what we're finding is that um the human gut biome is supposed to have some kind of worm life or um, um, the, the micro microfauna. You've heard of microflora. That's the good bacteria in your gut. There's also the, the natural animal life that an ecosystem um, should have. So in, in um, developing countries where maybe sanitation isn't so great, they have too many intestinal worms and it causes malnutrition, leaky gut, um, and so on. But in, in the West, in, in developed, in, um, you know, countries like Australia, um, we have, we have uh, experiencing autoimmune disease because there's not not enough worm life. So what they actually do is um, they see it as training the immune system. Like you said earlier on, your immune system was kind of rea like reacting, overreacting and, and causing that inflammation in your body. So when the helmets are there, they kind of, you know, do a little, little dance, a little wrestle, you know, with your immune system to, to train it so that it's not, not attacking the, that's just like a little metaphor. Um, there's plenty of, um, you know, research science about what's going on with the, the, um, 
the like interleukin six ten all the all the technical stuff for, for the nerds like us who like to like to jam on it um but basically the end result of that is that the immune system is regulated nervous system is regulated as well so calming the um the mind um through the the dopamine um you know, regulation of dopamine, serotonin, GABA, mostly GABA, actually. Um, and yeah, and also like hormonally. So I mentioned dopamine and the, the adrenal, um, pathways and, um, the, the hormones in, involved there in that sort of stress fight flight response. So, um, that is, there's a lot, a lot I could say about it, but basically, um, you know, firstly bringing the, that digestion back in the balance and you can absorb more more minerals more nutrients um and start to like build up the body again get your strength get energy back and for me i find just a sense of security safety knowing that i can eat something and my body will will benefit from it rather than sort of attacking itself so yeah, that is um, that's what I'll say for now about helmets. I have a silly question: In which form do you take that? Oh yeah, yeah it's a very important question because yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're probably not looking at the video, but Natalie's um, postulating <laughs> a, a, a long, you know, dangly worm like a, a, a rainbow snake lolly, um, <laughs> which is um, is novel, but. Um, yeah, the, the worms that we work with come in a little uh, vial of liquid. You can't see them. They're microscopic. They actually larvae at that stage. So it just looks like water. You mix it in some MCT, some coconut oil or any fat and drink it. Um, and then, especially on the first time, you can start to notice this little little flame in the stomach and like, these little butterflies and I've, yeah, I was aware and others have found like this awareness of this different sentient life form that hasn't been there before. And it starts to, you kind of, your mindset, your thought, your, your mental state shifts a little bit, um, which is quite interesting because there's a lot of life in our, our gut, which is not human. It's, it's bacteria, it's helmets, it's fungus. And yeah, and they, they communicate with our nervous system and give impulses and feeling and yeah, it's uh it's a whole whole planet in there <laughs> inside. Yeah. So, so what about you? Yeah. Uh, tell tell us about um yeah, what 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 you did next, how you how you pieced together um not only healing, but potentiating your, your greatness. Mm. Mm. So, as you know, I'm, I was raised in a conventional way regarding how to heal the body. My father mm. always healed for me, take, take a pill. So initially, I was believing in that uh, until I had so many side effects that I wanted to get rid of the pills. But I was like, if I get rid of the pill, then I'm sick. So what am I going to do? Um, so I, I've always been very interested in food. So even before 
um, the sickness and the diagnosis, I was actually eating really healthy. Um, I was yeah. organic foods. I was actually a personal trainer. For so I was, I had some knowledge about nutrition and the body. I would say the way I was functioning was I was very pushy with my body. I was not listening. Um, so yeah, I was pushing myself. Um, and what was happening at the time is I was eating, but I think I had a lot of stress and a lot of blockages, emotional, yep. suppressed emotions. Mm. What happened at the beginning of my, you know, my, my journey, I was taking those tracks, I was and I decided to open myself to the holistic therapies. So I started to see nutritionists and naturopaths. And so it helped me to really, um, yeah, I discovered new foods, I discovered herbs, and it was actually helpful. I was like, oh, that's cool. I can actually heal my body and slowly getting rid of these medicines and these drugs that are giving me side effects. Yep. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. I am on the, I am on the right track. The fact is, I was, get, I was able to, to get better and... After a little while, there was a relapse. And it did that for a few years, getting better and then relapsing. And mm. I was obsessed with nutrition, with food. So my only focus was, okay, how can I make this even better, even more perfect? That was a, an obsession. I was very scared of the world because I was afraid there would be some perfume there. There would be like some chemicals here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was stressed out. I was like, I can't be there. I can't be there. Um, what is in this food? I, and basically my world was very, oh, I was very anxious. So it very limiting. Sorry. Very limiting, yeah. restricting. Very restrictive. Mm. Yeah. So it took me a few years to um, really get that nutrition, um, holistic therapies. They are very important. As much as the conventional medicine, I would say it has helped me. But what was missing was actually the emotional aspect. Yeah. I was really not in tune with my my heart, mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for actually that person. It's a meditation coach that I met on the way. Yep. Yeah. At the time, I was actually not sleeping, and she, uh, she gave me like some tips to sleep better. Mm -hmm. And it was so simple. It was about being very present. Mm. Present at night with my bed sheets, with my pillow, it helped me to fall asleep. Beautiful. The lesson that I got that night was okay, maybe I want to take that presence into my day. And so I started to meditate every day. And it's from that moment 
when I started to meditate and I was meditating a lot. I was I was sick so I could not move too much. I had mm. I had all the time in front of me. So I was meditating two, three hours a day, no distractions, just myself. At in it was in Bondi. And so much came to me and I realized, okay, I think I've been I've been obsessing about food. Maybe there is something else. And so it's from that moment that I actually realized there must be something else. The way I think, what I believe in, all these re- emotions that I have repressed in, in, uh, until now. And that's when my healing journey started. When I actually decided to really open my heart, I was still the way I eat. But then I didn't have this um, relapse, re- you know, relapses anymore. Yeah. Started to really get better and better and better. Mm. And it's been like that. And it's been Yeah. Um, I think you said a few really wonderful things in there that I want to highlight. And just what I'm getting from, from what you're sharing about getting better and better, it sounds like the shift came. When like it's kind of uh, you could link it back to your 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 piano days because you were doing the same thing with your nutrition. You were getting everything like right, but there was there was something missing. You're doing all the right things, and that's frustrating. And it's I think that's so common as well on this this health healing paradigm. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a natural part of it to get hardcore mm. about, about your your practice, about the process, and then it's very frustrating when you're hitting up against some some limitation of I'm doing all the right things, but I'm going in these waves. And then when you connect with the emotional mm. right world in a way that is not about fixing you know, overcoming, conquering, but like that yin, that gentleness, that turning inward um, and, um, yeah, and, and being with with yourself, you start to notice that those waves are natural part of life and when you're in on the descent of a wave it's no longer necessarily bad it's not like it's you're it's the waves descending and you're surfing you know you're not getting dumped anymore but you're surfing and you know you might you might come off um but then if you do you know oh I can't wait to get back out there again and go for another ride. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's like dropping the resistance, like you said. It's like you just go with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think at, at some stage sort of taking that, um, like that outcome yes. off the pedestal of I need to have all my ducks lined up, all the pieces together before I really start living, you know, before I I create you know, the next piece, I need to be, my health needs to be tip-top, perfect. Or, um, yeah, I like what you said about about sleeping as well. I've had a number of people this year particularly share that 
they've had trouble sleeping, as have I at some at, at points throughout this year. And I know there's always something going on, um, you know, at an emotional level, at a subconscious, unconscious level that I just don't want to or can't, <laughs> not able to look at during the day. And often our dreams take us into, into that. But if that resistance is there, it's hard to fall asleep. So yeah, so that sleep programs are, and a sleep tonic is something else I've got in the, in the works. Um, but yeah, so you, you, um, once you started to, yeah, um, allow the, the emotions, allow the symptoms to be there, they're, they're no longer like the, the enemy. So that, I think that's important as well with autoimmune disease is that the body is at war with itself and, and we can be at war with ourselves when we deny, repress or like disavow an aspect of our, our experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your words um very aligned with how I felt. Yeah. Like my my pain was my enemy. Mm. I did that and I made my pain a partner. Yeah, I love that. You, I made my pain a partner. Wow, that's um, you can see that on a on a, a poster or a book cover or something. <laughs> so, um, so what 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 did that look like? Mm. Looks like something really witchy and weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked. So yeah, as I was meditating one day. Um, you know, I was allowing myself to be, I was actually able to not judge myself anymore for whatever I was thinking. And so one day I thought, okay, I'm going to make my pain, my partner. And I know at some point this partner will leave me. This is, mm-hmm. this, this was a story that was in my head and it felt really good. I was like, what? Wow. My partner right now. And my partner is asking me to care for them. Like, they really need me for a moment. I don't know how long it will be, but it's telling me, you know what? Look after me. Look after me, please. Because when I am, when I'm okay, I will leave you for sure. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for you. So I just realized that there was the me and there was the pain. Mm. Two entities. <laughs> mm. It felt like very liberating. I felt like, oh my God, I'm not this pain. I'm something else. I don't know what I am yet. Yeah. Look after it and share Just it. Begin with awareness. <laughs> Find the awareness of pain. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was doing is basically I was, it's like I was living with another mm another thing with me all all the time and I was looking after it so you kind of started this dialogue and this relationship yeah, I was in a relationship mm. and really talking to it when I was in my moments of meditation I was talking out loud yeah yeah and and I like that you from the start recognize this partner will leave me <laughs> and this is a beautiful moment of um healing of integration and that's you know because we can become attached to our pain stories as well can't we yeah i definitely i agree with that because i realized at some point that 
being in pain, I actually had a lot of attention from my parents and from my my, my ex-husband. Yeah. Mm. Because actually my ex-husband became, he changed to look after me. My parents had, yeah, a different approach with me. So it was serving me in a way, but at some point I was like, I don't want this. But it's true that it had actually, it's almost like I'm controlling them with my pain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Um, uh, that's crucial that you identified that dynamic playing out, isn't it? And um, yeah, there is something to contemplate um, on, you know, just how much, um, how much of this suffering is really necessary. Like we have the the pain. And then, like, we create so much we can. We don't have to, but sometimes unconsciously we create a lot of suffering um, to why? So that we're connected. Yeah, probably for connection and validation. Um, and I know, yeah, like... Um, Something that yeah, I've been I've been conscious of as well, especially with with group dynamics. Um, these days, I'm looking, you know, more to to connect with people where we can, you know, um, celebrate <laughs> the, the the joys of life at the same time as you know being having an honest conversation about what is you know what's real, what's going on, um, but not not dwelling and not allowing not. You know, going into that that cycle of dependency, um, of just sort of passing the you know the the pain baton around. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> and so for you, um, your community started to emerge. Um, yeah, as you. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. It's actually very recent for me. Yeah. Um, I would say, so I went through the, um, you know, physical pain, health journey. When I came out of it, I wanted to explore the world. So I knew what had helped me to heal. So I had actually in my mind, I had all these principles. Okay, that helped me. So, yeah, um, when you say you came out of it, was that simply like the, the journey of starting to feel good? Like those waves starting to build up and, and peak to a point of actually, you know, having just good feelings in your body. You go, Hey, I can do some of these things that I haven't done in a long time. I've never done before. I, I feel yes. freedom and empowerment. Yeah. I was feeling empowered. Um, my energy level was great. Um, my eyesight was amazing. I had no pain in my body. I could run again. I could work for 12 hours a day, which is crazy, but I did that. Mm-hmm. I could. I was like, ah, oh, I wanted to do that for a long time. Now I can work. I'm excited to apply for four jobs at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, that. <laughs> you always do it intense, I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't do that for five years. So I don't know, can you, I don't know. I was just like excited to, to discover 
I was like, it was like I landed in Australia, I landed in Australia in 2014, but actually I was there five years before, but for the first time I could, I could do things by myself. Uh, I was feeling free. Yeah. Um, so I was feeling really free and as I started to interact with more people, um, um, yeah, I, that's when actually my, my heart opened more mm. and yeah, there is something, there's a gem here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went through an emotional challenge that I had never felt before. Mm. I, I had been through the physical pain, but then I went through a breakup. Yeah. After separating from my, my husband, I went, you know, through a journey with a man and experienced a breakup. And the breakup was actually a trigger because at that point, at that moment, I would say everything that I had repressed in my life came out. Mm. It was one element that uh, opened my heart. So everything that I had not um, expressed and felt since I was a kid, and maybe before, because, you know, mm -hmm. we carry a lot of things from before we were born, I believe that. So 2017 was an emotional challenge. That's actually, or 2016, that's when we met. Yeah. And so, yeah, so from that emotional challenge, I started to dance. Mm. Um, and dancing was for me the only way to release all judgment. I had nowhere to go. There was no one who was telling me you should get over this. And I could express myself on the dance floor in ways that were... No one was telling me you should do this or you should do that. So I, I was feeling really nourished. Better that, it was better than food. It was just like, I feel so fulfilled here to the point that I wanted to dance every day. So mm -hmm. that's when I started to dance every day. And I was dancing, you know, in the rocks in, in Marubra. And it was, Christmas 2018, I spent two days all by myself because I wanted to. I was dancing for two days. Nice. And I visualized, I felt it in my heart. Mm, one day some people will dance with me here. <laughs> and I really was enjoying that. Mm. And a few months after, in May 2019, one day I, I was on with my laptop, the one I'm using now, or maybe I'm not older, no, maybe the, the old sure. one. <laughs> Similar thing. And I just, Marubra dance. And so Marubra dance started and very quickly, like lots of people joined. Mm. Dancing every Thursday, 7 a.m. Yeah. And the group, such a lovely group. Ah, uh, beautiful. That's where you know, I, I found my community. Yeah. yeah. Very grateful. That's <laughs> mm, very special. Um, uh, yes, yeah, a very special space that you that you hold, and that that container that you created and you attracted um, so many beautiful, open-hearted, 
humans. Um, I've, I've been once. I came a, a few weeks ago, and um, and um, my heart was already pretty open, and it just opened even more. And um, just loving seeing you guys get together and collaborating on um, on events, on fe- like mini kind of festivals or retreats. Uh, the, the love fest, and I know you did a retreat the other weekend. Um, yeah, it is. Um, it's beautiful to see that, um, yeah, organic growth just coming out of um, following your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Doing what feels good right. Right, rather than trying to get get it all right. <laughs> However, you do have 10 principles <laughs> and we've been talking for a bit. So where do you want to go from here with this uh with our little session. Where do I want to go from here? Mm-hmm. I want you to take the reins because I, 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 you know, I've been interrupting, guiding, jamming. I want to open it up mm. to you to yeah. get your message across fully, clearly. Mm. First, I want to say that um, for me, it's a big thing, the dance. Yeah. yeah. It was one of my traumas when I was a kid, like dancing. I really felt awkward. I had a lot of shame around. Yeah. I was going to those dance shows with my mother every year. And I was feeling actually inside so sad. I was thinking I will never dance in my life. And I'm mm-hmm. so sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything can happen. I mean, I'm so grateful that now I'm actually ecstatic dance facilitator it seems like oh is that real but obviously it is <laughs> um, yeah i run a dance too and uh, i think that's pretty incredible i have yeah similar mm. pain stories from childhood yeah <laughs> yeah so i want to say like you said like um really following our heart can lead to things and we don't need to know what it is um, because at the time I was actually seeing a, a psychologist, she was pushing me to find my, my creativity and I was frustrated. Uh, she was trying <laughs> some things to create. So I was actually going there and I, I, did, I was like, I don't know what to create. So I started to dance and it's only after a while that I thought, actually, I'm creating a dance here. <laughs> um, I think the message I want to share with people is, um, it's okay not to know. It's completely fine if not to know what we want. I think it's um, if we can be absolutely present with the now and really, you know, it, it's it's not easy, but trying to appreciate small things. It could be like, oh, I'm going to have a manicure. And this can be a simple thing that gives you some peace or some joy and just going one moment after the other. I think it's already what life is about. Just being in the now and just really trusting, trusting the whole process that, you know, the feelings that we have are part of human life. And it's not because we feel upset or sad or frustrated that is going to impact our ability to create. 
The way I live today is really allowing myself to be, but I don't give a power to these negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always remind myself every day when I wake up, I can feel the way I'm feeling. And even if I feel like shit, my dream can still happen. So I don't give power to these negative emotions. I think it's healthy to let them flow inside. Mm. One way is to move it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's energy. Yeah, it is energy. There's that thing, I think it's kind of cheesy, and sometimes the yoga teachers like to say energy. Uh, no, no, e- emotion. Energy in motion. Okay, okay, I've heard that before, whatever. But, you know, it's true. Um, when you, you tune in to the body and when you sit with the emotions and like we, like we do with our, our healing practices, I, you know, include that in my work as well, um, you feel the sensations and you get to know a certain texture of what shame feels like, of what anger is, what fear feels like, where you feel it in your body. And then um, you can have a story about it or you can just be with that sensation and you realise this is is an energy pattern and then energy can be used for something useful and creative. So then when you dance, you can, like, move it about and it will, like, move through the the organs and the the parts of your body and... um, you know, transmute into something lighter, something ecstatic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say the most beautiful, you know, movement that I created randomly, it was out of rage, of our anger, awkwardness. Mm. And I know that there is, yeah, there is something interesting in that. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't allow myself to feel and those emotions, I would not have danced dance the way I dance. So these emotions are definitely like, it's a blessing in a way. That's yeah. how art from human life. I hope that the listeners can hear the smile in your voice because if they don't have their video they can't see the, the beautiful radiance on your face as you talk about this and so what what i hear and see that you're saying is that if you didn't allow yourself to feel these uncomfortable feelings you wouldn't be experiencing this lightness you wouldn't be experiencing this joy you wouldn't know yourself you wouldn't have your friends not your community if you continue to push it and you would probably be in disease yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that is just such a key piece of how, like, bridging that physical, um, yeah, physical disease and sort of being in the wrong place with the wrong person, like having outgrown that um, and needing to shift into what's going to be the authentic, you know, because um, it's not about not necessarily – it's not that anything was wrong about the past. It's just as we move through life, we're meant to change and adapt and evolve and and learn and integrate and, you know, and shed and open up to some more love. Um, 
we can sort of put in little barriers and walls and then it's about deconstructing those and, um, you know, really, really not falling in love with yourself, eh? So, um, wow, I think we've been talking about an hour. (laughs) And so I reckon if we were to chat about, um, about your, your mindset principles, maybe that, that might be another, another session. Are you feeling that? Yeah. I think it could be another session. Yeah. Already I mentioned one of the principles here. Okay. Maybe you could, is it easy enough to list them for now and then we can talk about it in a bit more depth later? I can do that. Sure. So what, yeah, what, um, uh, Natalie, um, part of her work, um, as I've mentioned, amazing dance facilitator, uh, in Maroubra. You share a bit of detail about that before the end. Um, she also works as, um, yeah, as, uh, I suppose a mindset coach would you say um around um yeah overcoming these these challenges whether it's physical or relational um really about um you know um moving beyond the 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 blocks to to creating um an authentic lifestyle how how does that um (laughs) is there anything you want to add about that that, that seems right. Yeah, different. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Those principles um, came out of my, you know, teachings I got from my health journey. Uh, but definitely, we can. I can apply them to anything, and I'm now ready to share and support people one on one. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the top ten, the big ten. Okay. So the first one is. Taking action. <laughs> Love it. Second one is about acceptance, about the past, about the present, and acceptance of the emotions. Okay. The third is uh, shifting your identi- identity. Okay. So we'll just pause. I see you got the, those first two is about, yeah, it's a recognizing, hey, there's something going on. I'm going to do something. But first I'm going to embrace what's going on. I accept that, hey, maybe I don't have all the answers yet. Mm, yeah. And that's... then we're moving into actually what we need is an identity shift. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, number four is um, finding empowerment. Um, you want me to elaborate a bit or I keep going? Yeah, kind of, if you can if it feels relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I would say anyone who we seek or emotionally challenged, we feel like l- life um, life is horrible with us. Mm. Why me? Why me? Okay. So there is a way to actually find your the God within. Find your power. Yeah. What happened for me? Uh, at some point, I had this shift when I thought, okay. Actually, I created this. I created the mm-hmm. whole. If I created it, I can create some, something else. I can undo it and I can create something different. Yeah, it's an awesome moment, isn't it? <laughs> because you, you're recognizing, oh, I've been in victim consciousness, but actually 
everything I created in there, I, I created that. And then you find, oh, I've been empowered all along. <laughs> and now that I have that awareness, how about I create something more um, beautiful for myself? So you step from victim into empowerment, into conscious creatorship, mm-hmm. and then you can co-create with others too. Yeah. Yeah. It feels really good when you... You have a glimpse of the feeling, it's just amazing. Yeah. I can help with that. <laughs> so Love that. Number five is to build your support network. Mm. Um, there we go. Who you surround yourself with, who you decide not to interact with, is very important. Boundaries, yeah. yeah. Number six is um, activate the body to heal itself. So it's a big sentence. Uh, basically, it's everything around meditation, presence. So I could speak for hours about I'm sure there's a lot of practical aspects and, and like a tool, a whole toolkit that you've got to support people with um, making those shifts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number seven, which is listening to your body. So it's everything related to be present with your body and learning to develop your intuitive skills. Um, yeah. Then number eight is persevere and keep going. So yeah. In any areas of our lives, we, if we have a goal, we're going to find some obstacles on the way. And it's not because you face that obstacle that everything falls apart. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, okay, this happened. That's mm-hmm. fine. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, we, we need, we certainly need that one to, to build that character and that willpower and that, yeah, to be like to shift into, you know, like you said earlier, I'm not my pain. I'm not this obstacle. I'm, you know, I'm focused on what I've set out to create, to achieve, to become. Um, and an obstacle, the problem is a project. An obstacle is um, a way to, to deepen and to reevaluate um, your the course that you're on, and perhaps find a, an even an even more um, amazing way to yeah to to do things. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, we up to eight. Is it? Yeah, number nine is changing your story. So it's kind of connected with the identity shift, but I could say more about this one as well. I won't now, maybe later on. Okay, then. So yeah, changing your story. And then number 10 is have fun. Yes. (laughs) You know what? If someone had told me that when I was sick, I would have said... What are you talking about? Like, I'm sick. I can't have fun. Mm. Some people told me, you don't have fun. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. So, the way I want to express myself here, uh, and I think it's important to say, I think it's about first, you can have lots of fun when we are in pain. Mm. Uh, it's about being curious about life. Like, maybe bringing a little bit of curiosity. Yeah. And from that curiosity, innocence, then slowly, slowly, 
you can just build more fun and more fun. So really allowing yourself to mm. I love it. And then, like, there's a sense of fun um, that we, it's like a return to innocence. Mm. And maybe at a certain part, like in life, you're sort of seeking, seeking fun, seeking these kind of dopamine hits and these peak experiences or the parties or the highs or whatever. Um, and then, you know, when you integrate this pain, like that, that joy can arise for no reason, that, that silliness and innocence with your friends. I heard a really, really awesome and, and, and like funny story. I can't remember exactly where, who, who told it, but apparently when the, um, the Dalai Lama and, um, um, uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu, I think it was, get together. Um, the, well, the story I heard that um, at this dinner, this, you know, formal gathering, they moved towards each other really solemnly as you'd expect from such um, dignitaries and, and spiritual leaders. And then they tickle each other and giggle, <laughs> high-pitched giggle. I heard that. I thought, man, that is, that's, um, <laughs> that's so beautiful because, you know, there's a, a two guys who've been in the trenches who have, you know, been through a lot of heaviness, a lot of, a lot of dark times, no doubt. Um, and to, you know, come out on the other side with that, that lightness, which just isn't there before we go on that underworld journey. You know, it's a, um, a special transformation that that happens um, when we make pain our partner and dance for a little while before the pain is ready to release to go. Mm, yeah. To give you a kiss and a tickle and say, "See ya. Thanks. You've been good." <laughs> You've been a great host and and um, and partner lover. <laughs> yeah. So um, awesome. We might wrap it up, but um, let's give you a chance to to share um, what you're up to, what you've got coming up, how people might connect with you, whether it's um, uh, on the dance floor or for, um, you know, personal journey? Hmm. Um, well, so if people want to know about my dance events, they can uh, connect with my Facebook pages, and I have two, which one is Ecstatic Evolution, and the other one is Marubra Dance. So... On Marubra Dance, you're going to mainly find everything related to the outdoor dance, outdoors. And in Ecstatic Evolution, it's my indoor events and okay. co-hosting and hosting. Mm. And if people want to get some support, um, they are on a health journey or anything that feels really challenging emotionally, um, I would be more than happy to have a conversation with them so they can connect through Ecstatic Evolution and send me um, a message through Messenger. Yeah, awesome. 
can also message my name, Natalie Poe, and yep. yeah, I would definitely support them and we would assess them uh, where they are within those 10 principles. Mm. We give them some tools um, to, to find their way and find empowerment and this mindset they can find peace where they are. And yeah, awesome. Love it. So yeah, if you're in the in the eastern suburbs of Sydney or the inner west or any, if you can get to Maroubra uh, early in the morning, or you've got some night events as well, I think oh. in um, Marrickville is it or around the place? Friday, 18th of December, we will dance in Darlinghurst. Okay. Some spots. Well, I imagine that it will probably be <laughs> January by the time I get this podcast out. But you do, do you have, um, you've got a venue there that you use a little bit? Every Friday in January, we're going to dance in Darlinghurst. Fantastic. Well, yeah, stay tuned to Ecstatic Evolution. Um, Ruby Dance as well on Facebook. And yeah, if you're feeling a, a resonance with, um, with Natalie, with her story, with her, um, her attitude, her vibration, um, and you feel like there's something, something there for you or part of your story, you know, connects some, somehow with, with hers or with their principles. That, yeah, I certainly encourage you to, to get in touch, send her a message on one of those, those groups or, or Natalie Paul on, um, on Facebook. And you can do that wherever you are in the world. So Natalie, thank you so much for the, um, the delicious conversation today. I had fun, um, flowing down the river with you. Um, yeah, very grateful for, for your, um, for what, what you're bringing forward and what you're, what you're, what you're sharing with the world after being through, um, yeah, a very, um, very deep, deep journey, healing process and, and self-discovery. Mm. Yeah. We keep going through life and there is more. <laughs> more and more and more and I can't wait to talk some more with you another time and um and dive deeper into yeah well we'll see what arises on the next call but there's it's I know you've got got plenty of um of content to share <laughs> <laughs> all right well have a beautiful afternoon until we meet again I might see you on the dance floor sometime in January Sounds good. Okay. See you, Natalie.